Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you? Welcome to the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored by Match Scaffolding for the entire 2020-21 season. Match Scaffolding is a company that is owned and operated by a Millwall season ticket holder. So if you're after a little bit of scaffolding in your life, please do not be shy to check out contact details for match scaffolding in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today is a blast from the past, the 90s to be exact. He played for Mill between 1994 and 1997. I was a teenager at that time, so he was one of the very first players that I remember coming over from foreign soils. Go Ahead Eagles, to be exact, in 1994. The Dutch side, although he came via Belgium and he's actually Australian. It's a brilliant story uh, and it was a pleasure to have him on the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 27. Jason Van Blerk. Enjoy. Lovely. So, we're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 27. Jason Van Blerk, all the way from Australia. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? G'day. G'day. G'day, mate. Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Fantastic. Lovely, lovely. Okay, so we're going to talk about your Millwall career today. 1994 to 1997. 73 games, two goals. You came to the club from Go Ahead Eagles. Um, yes. You are a Dutch side. Um, you was one of the first... So I was, we was talking off air. I was one of the... I was a teenager at the time, so he was one of the first players I remember to sort of come over from, from abroad. But uh, South London via Belgium, how did that come about for an Australian? Oh, no, it was Holland, so yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you was at Belgium before that, wasn't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, the, the problem with Australian players come over, if you didn't have um, um, English relatives or Scottish relatives um, to get a passport, you had to go by the... Um, um, number of caps you play for Australia. So I had to go through Belgium. I played a season there. Come back to Australia. I went, come back to Australia in the summer. Uh, I played about uh, about nine nine to ten international caps in. So I got up my um, my level, what I had to get to to get to England, which is always my always been my ambition um, growing up uh, to get to uh, the UK to play football. But the struggle was because of the visa application. Um, so I went through Belgium, then uh, come back home. Belgium was a, you know, a difficult time, but it was educational time. Very cold, though. Belgium, <laughs> Belgium was very cold. I think one of my first matches was minus 10. So it was a really um, you know, deep indication of what's going to happen when you go to Europe. But it was a good learning curve. Now I come back, like I said, uh, played about 10 games for Australia. And then um, I got a, um, a call um, <clears throat> to come and play for this little Dutch team in, um, in Deventer, in Holland, in the middle of Holland. And, um, you know, I was there for two seasons. Uh, first season, I played about 10 games and I got injured. I had a broken bone in my foot. And then the second season, I was just fantastic. I scored about five or six goals. 
and then <clears throat> after that, um, you know, I wanted to move on. Um, I played a few more games for one national team, which incurred me to actually get to about 15 caps. And yeah. then I was eligible to come to, to England to play. Because there's always, you know, they didn't, in those days, they didn't want anyone to come into the UK to play. They want the quality. They want the level high, which most European teams did. Right. So you had to get this quota. So I was the quota because I didn't have the European passport because um, my mum was Australian and my dad was from Zimbabwe, actually. So um, I didn't have the quota. And I finally got the quota. And then in the season, I actually had two friends. I had Dave Mitchell, who was playing at Millwall. Yep. And I had, a, had another mate called Phil G, who was playing at Leicester. And I said to Phil, Phil G, can you give me a trial? He didn't really come back to me. I said to Dave, can you ask the manager at the time, which was Mick McCarthy, can you give me a trial? And Dave asked Mick McCarthy, and Mick goes, yeah, come over. So I come over and, and had a trial. Brilliant. What was your first impressions of uh, the club in South London? The club was great. Like the atmosphere, the, um, the stadium, the new stadium, the den was just, you know, magnificent. Um, I think we're still training at the old Sea Cup. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the old, yeah, that was, yeah, you know, just like, <laughs> like a shed, really. <laughs> but, well, we call it a shed in Australia, just like an old, you know, old cricket facilities, you know. Um, yeah. You know, but it was lovely. And then, um, and then, uh, but the ground was great. I think, I don't know how, when it was built, when I time I got there. I don't think. Year, year before you got there, yeah. So. Yeah, year before, yeah. So, um, no, the stadium was excellent. You know, great facilities at the stadium. Brilliant. In this day and age, just what goes on with football agents and things like that, who would have thought it? You didn't need it back then. You had agent Dave Mitchell. Yeah, you know, you, you did, in those days, you did it off your own back. It was just, you know, ambition and desire, really. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, that was, that was my agent at the time. So, you know. <laughs> Um, then I got, then I actually got an agent at, then when I got there, but yeah, you know, that was just in, because Dave was in, in, a, in the Australian national team with me um, prior to that, because prior for me to go on to, to Millwall, uh, the year before we had the World Cup qualifiers with Argentina mm. uh, to get to the um, 96 World Cup, I think. And um, yeah, so I was rooming with Dave Mitchell all the time. So, you know, I still see, still, Still see Dave Mitchell today, so oh, that's that's, yeah. that's good to know, mate. I might yeah. well tap you up for his contact details afterwards. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. answered a few questions. I have a few questions where what you know, why Millwall, what why England, and it's all all been answered under one umbrella of Dave Mitchell. Did you um did you move in with Dave or as well? Did you lodge with him? No, he's married. <laughs> oh, he, he was married. <laughs> yeah, he was married. I was married. I, actually, I just got married. So oh, yeah, okay. No. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was 26, and he was a bit older than me. Yeah, yeah, kids yeah that, and that would have been a bit weird. That would have been a yeah, weird yeah, sound, yeah. then, wouldn't it? No, no, no. You came, you came to the club. It's a, it's a very, it's a historic time at the club. Obviously, for the season you joined the cup run, but there was no fewer, just some random players. Well, no fewer than 39 professionals on the books that season. Um, yeah, you know, um, prior to you actually emailing, I've been thinking about the last couple of days. It, it was a very interesting bunch of lads at that time. Yeah. You know? um, very mixed. Um, mm. Some of some experience. A lot of young players, like you said, Mark Beard, Ben Thatcher, Andy Roberts. You know, a lot of young players as well. Very enthusiastic. So it was a great mix of players. And I'm thinking, geez, you know, <laughs> for those players, we did quite well. You know, for that yeah. bunch of players and that, you know... Um, you know, we, we, had a, we, had a, we had a good run. Yeah. Well, you came to the club, a little bit of confusion. I always remember you being a left winger. But the rumour is you came as a left back, but ended up playing on the left side, more, more advanced. Well, the thing about the systems, um, in, in Australia, we play like a bit more European with like a, a well, let's call it a 3-5-2. So you play mm. three at the back, five in midfield, you know, and two up front. So... Um, Basically, you play as a, like a wing back. So when you play as a wing back, you can actually play as a midfielder or uh, a midfielder or back or you know or a winger. So I was very. I think Mick sort of um, seen in me because, like you said, with thirty nine players, 
he said he could see I was very versatile and I could play anywhere down the left hand side, mm. uh, which I did that year. The first year I played uh, left back. I played a couple of times in midfield with Andy Roberts. I played left wing, so I was very versatile, you know. Mm. And um, the next scene that because you know at the end of the day there wasn't in those days there wasn't really many left left sided players, left dominant players. Yeah. Well, funny you should say that though because. When I looked, we had Mark Kennedy and Ben Thatcher, who would go on to be big, two of the biggest talents who ever come out of Mirwall. But you, in that, in that first season, you played 33 times. So, so you definitely got some game time in, despite you know two very promising youngsters around it as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. As you said, those youngsters, you know, I, I think I was 26. I, was, I, was, I wasn't old, but I wasn't. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Young. Like, I think, you know, I think Ben was still in his, ninth, in his teens. Have to be. And Kennedy was still young as well. So, um, you know, uh, it, it took me... The first... When I got to Millwall... Um, I had a visa problem, so I had to go sign, then I had to go away for five weeks uh, for the visa application to come through. That come through, um, started training, started playing. Then I, I, I played in the first cup match. I think it was a, a midweek cup match up against um, Sutherland, Sunderland. Yeah. And then I ended up, went into a tackle and ended up breaking two ribs. So I was out for another four weeks or five weeks. Mm. Um, but at that time, I was always training. Um, I think that gave me a little bit of um, advantage because I was sort of sat back and sort of just seeing what the atmosphere was like and, and how people trained and just took in all that, um, you know, into the environment. Yeah, yeah settled into the environment. And then I come out, for, then I got through that injury and, um, you know, ribs are different, you know, not like knees or anything. Ribs, you just got to let them heal for five or six weeks. And then, um, yeah, then I sort of get back into it. Lovely. I and mean, then it was, it was a boom time at the club. So we just moved into the, the new stadium the season before. Just mm. missed out on the playoffs. Then we go on and we, we kick right on and get in. Although only finishing 13th in the league, obviously the season will always be remembered for the FA Cup run, which you played every part of. Yeah. Um, I still think of that QPR game as a little bit of a, you know, if only, you know, that moment yeah. of madness. But, you know, um, yeah. I can remember a few things. I can't probably... I remember the Arsenal game at home. I can't remember the Chelsea game at home, to be honest. They were both, they was both um, sort of uneventful, uneventful nil-nils. Both yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about the Arsenal no, away game. The Arsenal away game. What do you remember that night? You set up the first goal for Mark Beard. Yeah, I think on the way to the game, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I really just... I just, I just relaxed and just... Because uh, leading up to that, like I said, like I said it, was, it was a half... Three quarters of the team were quite young and the, and the rest, I was in the middle. Then you had a couple of older players like um, Keith Stevens and 
um, uh, Casey Keller, who played, you know, a few international games. I just come out of that World Cup qualifier against Argentina. So, you know, I played it in front of 80,000 people at, um, at the River Plate. So, you know, you learn from that experience. Um, yeah, that night was just, it, I think it was just meant to be, really. Yeah. Um, um, I suppose we had a confidence come out of the nil-nil the, 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 the draw at home. And, yeah, I think we just um, – I remember the game, but I just can't remember half-times or, you know, after the game. You're talking 20-something years ago now. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was just meant to be. FA Cup winning goal against Sheffield Wednesday in 1993 from Andy Linnigan. So it's a competition in which he's got a little bit of pedigree. Here's Van Blurk. Just hit it in. They've scored. Mark Beard arrives at the back post. I think they really had a few injuries. They didn't, weren't really a full-strength team, if I remember. Yeah. I think Tony Adams was, was out. That's but, nice. yeah, I think Mick's philosophy was really just, you know, take, the, take it to them and really, you know, see what they've got and just and see what happens at the end of the game, really. Yeah, well, you went on to, obviously, after me, to other English clubs. Mick McCarthy was your first manager. What was he like for you, Big Mick? Mick was fantastic, really. He was very... Um, he had a good... Um, he's very dedicated, very um, professional, I can say. Very professional. Training-wise, very, very, uh, you know, um, high standards. You know, being an ex-player, um, playing for his country. Um, I always, when I was playing five-a-sides, always on Mick McCarthy's side, for sure because I've seen him get into a few tackles in the fiver sides, which I was always always happy to be on Mick's side. Um, yeah, for me personally, yeah, Mick was... Um, the thing about Mick, he had a good offsider, which was um, Ian Evans. Yeah. And they meant to work well together. You know, um, you know, good, cat, good cop, bad cop situation. Yeah. Um, but they do work well together. And um, for me, that was... Um, being put into that uh, environment of English football and Mick was a calming head, but you knew you, the standards you had to play in, play with him week in, week out. And, in, you know, he set the standards, even in training. You know, you turn up and you train hard, you, you know, and then you turn up on Saturday and you, you know, you give it all you've got. Yeah. So we said there's a, there's a big mix of young and old and Australian, an American contingent. Who did you get on with yeah. close to in the squad? Dave Mitchell, obviously. Yeah, um, obviously Casey Keller. Um, I got on. I, I went. I got on. I got on everybody really. You know, yeah. that atmosphere was good in the change room. Um, ben Thatcher, Mark Beard. You know, Thatcher was just always joking around and doing these silly things. We've, um, we've heard a few stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, always trying to you know you know stir his you know tea with the hot spoon and put on your hair. So you never sat next to him and in the, after <laughs> after training. Casey Keller, um, John Kerr, when he was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alex Ray, always, you know, have a you know, chat with them. Um, yeah, most of them, you know, uh, Tony Witter, you know, everyone got on pretty well with that first. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, you know, um, oh, I don't know, we say in Australia, it was, no, it was no dickhead mentality, you know. There was there <laughs> yeah, no yeah, one yeah. really, no one, well, no one bigger than anyone else, really. Yeah, who did you? That, that was that's probably that's probably why we did so well in our FA Cup because there was no one really better than anyone else. It was a pretty yeah. much you know this is the atmosphere, this is a stand that we set, and you know this is what you got to you know work yeah. to every week in week out. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Dave Mitchell getting you mm. over, getting you a troll. What was he like? Obviously, he said it's still a good mate of yours. He had a fantastic career, didn't he? Yeah, like I said, Dave. Dave had an outstanding career. Um, 
play for Frankfurt. Andrew Frankfurt play for Feyenoord, play for Rangers, uh, Millwall. Then I think he went off to Malaysia afterwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, professional guy, Aussie. One of many um, uh, first generation Australians to go overseas. Obviously, I think he's, um, he's obviously his parents are Scottish, so he had he had that yeah. visa to go overseas. But um, yeah, outstanding professional, um, lovely guy, and um, you know. Like we said, you know, he was just one of the boys. I watched the thing. Funny enough, you should say they had Scottish parents. Because obviously, back back in the day when you was at Millwall, there was no social media. There wasn't many interviews on TV, especially. You may have got the occasional player interview in a program. Mm. Just, you know, Dave Mitchell there, he's Australian. Okay, Jason Van Blake there, he's Australian. Mm. Didn't think anymore. I watched a, a documentary on YouTube, a, a very old fly on the wall documentary, a Swindon Town one, and there was an interview with mm. Dave Mitchell, and he spoke in a Scottish accent. And it absolutely blew, blew my mind. I couldn't work out yeah. what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I think he said to me once, I think the best holiday his parents ever had was on the boat from Scotland to Australia for six weeks. <laughs> Just let the kids run around the boat for six weeks. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's yeah. a long old slap, mate. <coughs> so, let's talk about, say, the Arsenal game. We go through, play Chelsea at home again, slightly uneventful. Mm. But mm. The, uh, the replay at Stamford Bridge definitely was the complete opposite of that. Yeah, that was just, um, yeah, that was just um, get your boxing gloves on game. That was, it was just, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Stanford, like, it's like chalk and cheese, like Stanford Bridge um, compared to Arsenal's ground. You know, Arsenal ground, you walk in, it's all marble, it's all, you know, the floor's all heated, it was beautiful. Then you come into Chelsea's ground, it was just like, like I like said in Australia, just like a garden shed, you know. It's just yeah, yeah. It, it was it was like chalk and cheese, and you get out there, and the ground's quite open. I think the Millwall Millwall supporters, I think down the other end, didn't even have a roof over their their end. No. Um, yeah, it was just it was a boxing match. It was just in the end of 110 minutes, was it, or more yeah. extra time? Yeah, extra time. Mark yeah. Steen put them in front, and then Dave Savage scored the equaliser. Yeah. Uh, we spoke yeah. to Savo and we spoke to um, Mark Beard about that night. They just said, uh, you know, when he equalised, they thought they thought he was right. The Millwall fans were on, were on a temporary stand behind a goal. Yeah, yeah. Scaffolding. Yeah. He said he thought it was yeah. gonna, he thought it was going to come down yeah. with the noise and the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, look. it's funny how these days when you got this GPS on your back and you, you can only do in Australia you can only do so many you know k's per day and uh, you know for you know for these reasons, but I think in those days, you just ran till you couldn't run anymore. You know, you, you know, you just ran till you had, you're empty in the tank. And I think that night I just, just ran, you know, you just run and run up and down and you just worked and work and you just see how it went, you know, and that's, and that's, that's just the philosophy we had in that time, you know, you, we, we worked hard for each other. Obviously we had the technical players, we had the players who could play, we had the players, you know, who were quite hard. Um, so we had a good mix, you know. Um, like you said, we just went out there and just went for it. That's a good ball by Richard to Thatcher. And it's in by Savage. Well, they've well deserved it, Millwall. Really good comeback. Chelsea had the lead for just eight minutes. Thatcher's cross seemed to be people just waiting to get somebody else to put it in. It fell to Savage and off Karin into the net. Four defenders there came off Sinclair to Savage and Savage made it 1-1. It goes to penalties. We win the the penalties 5-4. You scored one. I watched them again. Mm. I mean, I've watched them quite a lot recently, obviously, because we're covering the 90s, but... They, they seem like just the sheer confidence, almost the swagger about you all taking the penalties. Who, me or the whole players? The whole, the whole, the whole of you, but yeah. You, yeah. None, none of you seem yeah. surprised. Even Rhino didn't seem surprised when he stuck one in the stanchion. Yeah. I think, um, I, think I, I can remember Mick coming out to ask who wanted to take the penalties. And, and also. The thing about it, I also, when I, we went to penalties against, uh, in the World Cup qualifier against Canada before we played Argentina. So I was up to take a penalty there as well. But anyway, we ended up winning it before I actually got to the take a penalty. So that atmosphere again, 
it's all about training, you know. It's all about, you know, have you been in that environment before, uh, which I have. And um, obviously, you know, Rhino has before. You know, he's played a lot of matches. Um, and Mick asked me if I want to take a friend. I said, yeah, no problem. So I was, you know, I, wouldn't, I didn't even stand in the back corner like most of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> please don't ask me, please don't ask me. But I was fine, yeah. I was, I was, I was happy to take one. As Jason Vandenbroek. Steps up for Millwall. The Enzo League team lead 2-1. Good penalties so far. Again, Karin chose the long way to go. Casey Keller's, of course, the hero. Yeah, um, with the, with well, you're all heroes, but him to make the final save from John Spencer, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah. would you, do you remember the chaos afterwards on the pitch? Yeah, yeah, that was a bit um, that was a bit naughty, wasn't it? Um, I think when they went, went to go and celebrate, about a few Chelsea's boarders come over the fence or over this little little well, not fence those days, but little um, one meter high little brick wall and. Yeah, we, we turned the leg back to the change room pretty quickly. A couple of players got caught out. I think Dave Mitchell got caught out because he was an ex-Chelsea player. I think Ben Thatcher got caught out as well. I think got a few I think hits. Ben, ben Thatcher got caught out and he started chasing a few around himself, yeah, for a little bit of revenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think Dave got caught out, yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the mayhem in the change room afterwards, you know, I, I can't remember the atmosphere of the change room afterwards. It was just... Uh, but I can remember the moments on the ground. It was fantastic, mm. yeah. So it comes to an abrupt end after beating Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah. You might fancy yourself against QPR, but Damien Webber concedes yeah. a late penalty and that was pretty much it. That was it, yeah. Bit of a, bit of a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, I played midfield that day with Andy Roberts, really. Mm. And um, I think he hit the post. I think we had a couple of good chances to win it. Um, yeah, it was just that moment of, you know, mm. ball into the box. Go for a header. He was um, <laughs> good player, he's he's good player. Yeah, very, very calm for his age and his um, um, his ability. Yeah, he's a very good player. You know, one of those players who never gave the ball away. Um, gifted on the ball, very calm on the ball. Um, so uh, yeah, he was he was he was uh, a good young talent. Mm. And that was his last season at the club. He leaves the nineteen ninety five six, the nineteen ninety five ninety six season was um, was a difficult one. From the highs of the FA Cup run, we end up getting relegated. Uh, you played forty six times that season, so Ooh. Roberts was gone. And this was a season when I said you know we had a lot of a lot of players. We had a lot of players Ooh. again this season, but just some. Some ones that have just gone down in mill history for being completely random, like we'll get on to later, the Russians, uh, yeah. the signing of Uwe Fuchs, Chris Malkin, yeah. Gerard Lavin for a lot of money. Um, yeah. I thought Malkin was all right. But um, yeah, what was... Th- there would have been a feeling of, of expectation around getting promoted. I think we was top of the league at one point. I think, yeah, I think we went into... I remember going to that Stoke game. We were top of the league. We were going to Stoke coming up to Christmas. I can't remember. December. Um, and we lost one nil at home. Well, lost one nil there. Um, yeah, we started off the season very, very well, full of confidence. Um, you know, I think more or less the same team, maybe a couple of different strikers. Um, and we started off quite well, like I said. And then all of a sudden, we got the the, the, you know, the bombshell that Mick was leaving. Yeah. And then um, and Ian Evans took over for a little while, and everyone respected um, Taff. He was, he was he was part of the family as well, yeah. so everyone respected him. And obviously he left um, and went with Mick. And then, oh, <laughs> like your English used to say, they went a bit pear shaped after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, just before that, what was he? I just want to know a bit about Uwe Fuchs. What was he like? Did you have any much to do with him? Or oh yeah, yeah, Uwe, yeah, he was a, he was a different breed. I say. Come on, what was he like? Oh, it's just German. <laughs> 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 you know, it's funny because um, 
you know, end of season, you know, everyone used to go, oh, what are you doing at the end of the season? And we go, well, we're going to go down to Spain and have a, you know, end of season trip and have a few drinks. And I said, what are you going to do? He goes, oh, I'm going to go into the Austrian mountains and drink water for a week to, to purify my body. And we go, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, so, I was like, that's even active, I put for yeah. Really? Yeah. What, was, was he like that, was he? Oh, yeah, German. I'll never forget mm. this, and maybe my memory is wrong. It's, it, it's not wrong. I know it's right, but what I'm going to say sounds outrageous. That he did a, an interview in the No One Likes Us or the Lions Roars magazine, and they sit oh, him, yeah. and they asked him a few questions. They said, "What's what's something about would you like to dress with or something?" He went, "I prefer to cover myself with a beautiful woman or something like that." He <laughs> said something really random like that. Yeah, it was the weirdest yeah. twenty questions I'd ever seen. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, I went. Well, I, I, I went out with him a few times and got on quite. Well. I get on quite well with most guys, but yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was a funny guy. Cute, you know, a bit, a bit quirky. You know, some, <laughs> some, some of them are, you know. But no, he, he was. He was funny. He was mm. not funny. Not funny. Ha ha. But funny. <laughs> a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah, bit, like he's yeah. a bit of a random character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then talking about random characters, before Mick leaves, he brings in the two Russians. You ran and yeah. you ran and Kolkov. What 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 was yeah. that all about? I remember the day the Den sold out against Port Vale when they first played. Yeah. I can remember the striker. I think they got him from 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 Porto or, or, Liz, or he, Portugal. I he, yeah, I think he played there previously. Yeah, they both come as a package deal, didn't they? Yeah, we've heard, we've heard some stories on them as well. Like they're just refusing to play, refusing to get on the coach and. Had a translator as well. Apparently, he used to walk around in the dressing room with him all the time. <laughs> the striker was good. The midfielder was, the, yeah. The day they weren't fit, you know. They don't, they don't, you know, they're in London. You know, I remember we played at Grimsby once. You know, when you play at Grimsby on a win, on the middle of the week in winter, it's cold. It's pretty cold. I think I busted my nose that night. And, and then after the game, I think I think one of them poured out a bottle of whiskey and then have drinking in the drinking in the shower after the game. I went, oh, okay, you know. So yeah, and you know, I, I went out. They had a few, a couple, they threw a couple of parties and birthday parties. You know, they're, they're very pretty elaborate. They're pretty, you know, slash everything out. But yeah, yeah, that was an interesting signing. You know, yeah. I think those, those, I think those people, you know, those guys, sort of trying to integrate into the the, the 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 team that we actually, you know, were went well in FA Cup. The previous year, it was sort of you know. Um, I know what they were trying to do: step up the technical side of the game and, and the players. But you know, I think it, it, you know it really didn't work. Obviously, you know. Um, um, and then I think I think what really happened was I think when the club went into a bit of administration um, and that to sell off a lot of players. Yeah, uh, a lot of players left. Um, if I remember. I know Mark Kennedy left. Um, I think Alex Ray left. I think. So I think when we went into a bit of administration, that really, um, I don't, I can't remember when, but that um, sort of um, hurt the, the team a lot. Well, we spoke about the random players. Let's talk about a couple of highlights from the season. The first one, a, a young player coming through at the time from Australia, Lucas Neal. Would you remember Lucas? Yeah. Did he did he lean towards you for a little bit of guidance? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put him on the wing a little bit. Um, he started off trying to play midfield when he first got to the club, and um, he thought he was a midfielder. You know, got him there. Then they put him right back, <laughs> and then he ended up playing centre back. So um, yeah, I took him under my wing. Um, great guy. Obviously, he's gone on to do you know brilliant things. But yep. um, he was a quick learner. He understood, um, you know, what what you had to do to to to, to um, especially week in week out at Millwall. You know, you, you had to have that standard. You know, you couldn't be lazy or you couldn't, you know, expect you know anything less. Mm. Um, so um, no, he he was he was excellent um, for for when he got there from day one. Yes, it's just make it's just like United Nations, isn't it? With the Australians, the Americans, the Russians, and then later on the, the, yeah. the Scots. So many players in and out of the door. It's just a crazy time at the club. 
Uh, the one other highlight that I've managed to pick out from the season is almost mm. uh, an extension of the FA Cup run from the, the season before. Obviously, we play Everton in the League Cup at Goodison Park. You, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Like you didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. 4 2. I'll really. see you look up. Four yeah. goals for two, yeah. Scott Taylor, okay. a young Scott Taylor scores two goals that night. That was a, that was a good that was a good uh, good game actually. Mm. Yeah, Scott Taylor, yeah, little striker. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. little striker. Yeah, he's come on fire that night. Quick. Yeah, quick, quick. whenever. Yeah, four two at win four score four at Goodison Park. That's no mean feat, is it? No, no, of course. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you know that that. First year was just, you know, to play against all those top players, it was just unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. So, Mick leaves February 96. Jimmy Nickel eventually comes in. What was he like for you, Jimmy Nickel, as a manager? Can I pause now? You can, can swear. If you, want. you can swear if you want. Ah, no, no, oh, look. Oh. I, don't know. I think that the, the history tells it. You know, I don't think it was right for the club, really. Mm. Um, training, when I look back, I think the training methods was just outdated. He wasn't, you know, obviously a good player. You know, he played a lot of times mm. for his country, you know, for Man United. But technically, you know, and the players he brought in as well, a lot of them from Rafe Rovers. Um, Jason yeah, Dare just, he played in your position Jason Dare he's probably, possibly one of the worst players ever to play for, well he was one of the worst players to ever play for the club yeah yeah and he, he brought assistant coach in as well I, don't, I think I, don't, I can't remember his name um, but yeah it, it, technically it wasn't really because when you when I come from Holland and how they play football and how they prepare for games and then you you have Mick McCarthy who was more or less you know very experienced coach, you know, very, you know, preparation for games are very, you know, high stands. And they brought this, you know, they brought Jimmy Nickel. It wasn't on the same level, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, the cattle, we say in Australia, the cattle he brought in weren't, you know, it wasn't really up to the, you know, the Millwall, you know, the standard that, you know, look, prior to all this, you know, I really didn't know much about Millwall full stop. But when you get to a club and you, you talk to players and the standard that, 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 that the, the fans want, you know, that wasn't really the standard that, you know, the Millwall, you know, the, the players have gone through the door previously. Mm. It wasn't the standard that, that they wanted or, you know, mm. they expected more, really. Yeah, I think he was in, I think he came from Scotland, took Rafe Rovers on a good cup run. And I think he, I think he, mis- mm. he underestimated English football, the level, I think. Bought a lot of them yeah. was down. They just wasn't up to it, was they? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. No. So we end no. up in free fall. We end up getting relegated on the last season. Uh, sorry, the last day of the, of the season, Ipswich. Well, I'll put it this way. I think going into Christmas, we were quite up the top of the, top of the table. And after that, we sort of just, just went backwards. You know? And looking back, I don't think it was any structure of how to play or what to do and what was the tactics in those, you know, in those games? If I remember, I don't think there was, you know, any tactics. It was Mick where we, we sort of had a, we had a sort of had a plan, you know? Yeah. You know? yeah. He, he used to like trying to pressure high all the time, you know, and, and get the ball in a half, and, you know, old school, a little bit old school English style, but, you, you know, get the ball in a half and, and, you know, but sometimes when, you know, that's the first 20 minutes and the second, and then after 20 minutes, you could play a little bit more football. But, you know, and when Jimmy came in, it wasn't, the tactics weren't really there, really. Yeah. It was a lot off the, it was a bit more, a lot off the cuff. He wanted to play off the cuff a lot, you know, mm. and that was his style. He just, you yeah, get out there and play. And like, yeah, you can get out and play when you, when you've got good players, you know, but when you haven't got good players, you can't, you need a structure. Yeah. I spoke to, one of the other players <coughs> I was speaking to said that, Jimmy Nickel was far too like he was too in with the players. Like he was, he was out on the piss of them all, and he was just five sides basically in shooting, in training, and he would go yeah. out socialising with all the players and that, and they'd all be out smoking and drinking with him and that, and he wouldn't. I didn't go out with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not yeah. in your Christmas card list, is he? No, and I don't think like Keith Stevens or certain, especially the older the older pros didn't really go out with him either. You know what I remember? Mm. 
Uh, I never went out with him. I didn't. Remember, um, do, do you remember, you, you was involved the last day at Ipswich, wasn't you? When we got relegated. Do you remember much about the day? Mm, no. Not really. <laughs> that, was that Ipswich or home? Ipswich away. Ipswich away. We went down the last, last day of the season, yeah. yeah. Under Nickel yeah. and then... Oh, I remember, yeah. I remember a few, a few um, chairs getting thrown. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah. So, yeah. the 96, yeah. the 1996-1997 season would be your last at the club. Obviously, you know, yeah. you and Nickel didn't maybe see eye to eye. You only made three starts that year and five substitute appearances. Yeah. Um, he was, this is, you know, we would now be in what, would, what is now League One. So it wasn't it wasn't a brilliant time for you at the club. You didn't play a lot. Was that was that due to I've got there in my notes? Was that due to injury or did you just slip out? Yeah, I think a week before the season, I got a, I got I had a I did my media ligament. I got into a tackle and and um, it didn't really heal. I thought it'd take us six weeks, but it ended up taking three or four months. And then I sort of really fell out with you know Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. And, yeah, it's funny. Um, so we had the good cut run, and not we had the good cut run. And then it slips away and we get relegated. And then 96, 97, we're in this division for, we didn't get promoted again until 2001. But despite the problems and the amount of players going out of the club, there was like early signs of the youth that would come through and eventually be the league winning team of 2001. Mark Bircham made his debut that season. Richard Sadlier, Lucas Neal played 40 games that season. So do you remember much about those boys coming through? I would imagine Tim Cale would have been in the youth team by that point. I think, yeah, I think Timmy come in. When I was sort of walking out the door, um, Lucas, obviously, um, Mark Bertram, yeah. yeah, Mark Bertram, yeah, yeah, Richard yeah. Sadlier, uh, Richard, I can't really remember Richard, um, yeah, like I said, it was uh, Millwall was always been, I think, I think once Mick left, I think Millwall started being one of those clubs, you know, it wasn't really settled. They started bringing a lot of players in and, and spitting them out, or it wasn't really much structure yeah. involved. Um, and that can hurt a club when you don't have that that structure. Um, um, you know, in a day you can have one or two good players, but you need you need, you need a squad of twenty plus players. You know, and when we did that cup run, we had a we had a good squad. Yeah, we had a strong squad. You know. Um, and a lot of players, you know, stuck together and worked hard. So we had a good, sh- strong squad when we went on that cup run. That was why we went on that cup run and went on to the next season and started doing quite well. And then then when Mick left, the structure sort of, you know, started, you know, falling apart and, you know, and the way we play was falling apart and certain players had to leave. So, you know, obviously when that structure starts falling apart, you know, you don't become a bad player overnight. You no, know, you just you just become a bad club. Yeah, we was so it wasn't free form. We did spend five or six years in in League One. Another player mm. that wasn't a young player coming through, but did play for us that season, it was also a footballing legend, Ray Wilkins. Do you remember Ray being at the club when you was there as a player? Yeah, lovely guy, lovely guy. Yeah, lovely guy. Um, yeah, I remember sitting next to him in the changing room, and um, I, I looked over to my my right, and then um, after having a shower and looking to his Louis Vuitton. Um, um, toilet bag, and then, then the, and I, pu- I put my hand in, and I pulled out. I said, What's this, Ray? He goes, Oh, that's my gold toothbrush. <laughs> what? He said, You got a gold toothbrush? He goes, Yeah, he had a gold toothbrush. It was made out of, made out of solid gold. No. Gold, gold, gold plated. It was gold plated. And I just laughed. And I just laughed. You can, I think because he, he played for Milan. Uh, yeah, he played for he played for AC Milan. Yeah, he played for yeah. Chelsea, England. Yeah, so he, I think he said yeah. I, when I said when I played for AC Milan, they they gave it to me. So he had a gold gold plated toothbrush, which is cool. <laughs> and then then he, then he <laughs> and then he hopped in his then he hopped in this uh, big Berg was like, like a big German tank, and he got this little Ray Wilkins doing his little. <laughs> but he was a lovely guy. Yeah, and then we had um, yeah we had some characters. And then we had. Um, Oh, who's the other guy from Chelsea, the striker? Um, Kerry Dixon. Kerry Dixon, yeah, he was a character. Kerry yeah. Dixon was a character as well, yeah. Um, with the sovereigns, it took, used to take about half an hour to get all these sovereign rings on his fingers. Really? <laughs> yeah, so he rings on his fingers, sovereign rings, yeah. And then I had um, the uh, ex-Chelsea um, striker. Um, not Chelsea, um, Spurs striker. 
Um, play for England. Tottenham striker. Um, Clive Allen? Clive Allen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, he, you know, they, they were very humble people. Lovely yeah. guys. Very, yeah. That's the, the, the amount of players, I wonder how many players actually, from your point when you started to when you left, how many players come through the door of how many different like, nationalities? It must have been unbelievable. Yeah, like I said, it was just, like I said, going back to my conversation, the structure was great. We had these players and that was it. And then all of a sudden, all these other players started coming out. Like, you know, the head was spinning, you know? The head was spinning. <laughs> Especially coming from Hollywood, because most of the guys in Hollywood were more, they grew up the game and they were very young team and they, they played a system and and they stuck to this system and the system really worked for them. And, they, and, and a lot of their players went on to become you know, high professional player. I played with a guy called uh, Paul Bostel who went on to play for uh, Man City and Holland. Yeah. You know, and he won the UEFA Cup um, uh, with uh, Feyenoord. So, uh, yeah. So, like I said, you know, the structure sort of went out the door when yeah. Well, yeah. eventually, mate, you went out the door at the end of the 96-97 season. Ooh. Free transfer. Now, this is for the younger viewers are going to go, Pardon? You left a League One club who finished mid-table to join on a free transfer at Man City. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no disrespect to you or Man City. They wasn't the force they are now, but still a massive club. How did that come about? And did, you obviously knew it was your time to move on. Wasn't working out under Jimmy Nicol. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't working out. Majin at the time, um, you know, obviously touted me around. Um, what, Dave Mitchell? Actually, no, no, this one, this one was Barry Silkman. <laughs> So, um, uh, like I said, I was, you know, I was left side of player. There wasn't many around. And then um, I think Mancy was a big squad. I think Frank Clark needed, you know, versatile player down left. And um, actually, I went up there for a trial, actually. I actually didn't go up there. I think I went to Sheffield for a trial. You know, I went for a, I played in the Resis a couple of times. So, you know, in those days, it wasn't a done deal. You had to actually go, on, you know, Go and have a trial and you know see what they think. So yeah. I went there on a, and the, and the thing about I was, I was still I was always a visa player. And I don't know understand um, people understand. So when you become a visa player, you have to play seventy five percent of the games. Yeah. So what so what so what happened with my last season at Millwall? I wasn't my visa was ran out. I basically would have to go home. That's a lot of pressure, uh, isn't it, on a player not just to perform on the pitch, but if you don't perform, you could be out of the country. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was nearly, I was walking out the door, yeah. really. Um, and the thing about the stress I was under the time perform under Jimmy Nickel was just it, it wasn't working because it really um, I wasn't when I first got there on the Mick, It was just you know in, I was enjoying my football, mm. and then the second season um, because of the what happened regarding you know the um, the financial size of the club, and then the third season I got injured, <clears throat> and then I didn't play my games. I was basically then that season, I was going home. At the time, <coughs> excuse me, my wife um, was working for a, a, a company and they basically um, sponsored her for a visa for two years. So I went off the back of her visa. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that turned around. But um, yeah, it was stressful times that last season I was there mm. at Millwall. Um, um, Injury-wise, playing-wise. And then I got a, you know, a sort of um, a golden opportunity to go up to Man City, which, you know... It, you're not going to knock back, are you? You know, you know. There's there's big clubs and there's big clubs. You know, and Man City was, you know, has, is a big club. Mm. And after that, you went on. You had a, you had a very good time of things at West Brom. But wrapping up yeah. your Mill career, I always ask this question at the end. Probably mm. your favourite, your standout memory for your time at Millwall. If you could pick one. Oh, I think. Looking back, I had a, good, a lot of good memories. Um, I think it was a good um, um, baptism of fire when I first got there. Um, even when I played the Arsenal at home, um, I remember halfway through the game, I was up towards middle of the park, and I think Alex Ray said, he was playing Biffle, he goes, what are you doing up next to me? And I turned around, I was bottom corner, was a big fight with Millwall supporters and Arsenal supporters, and I went, oh, jeez. So there's a lot of good memories, you know, funny memories, you know. I think we played Birmingham one year. 
I think we were two nil down, and I think we ended up having a two all draw up in Birmingham. Yeah. Got back to the bus, and whole bus was just smashed in. Six or seven windows and back windows were smashed in. And going back down the motorway in our jackets, freezing cold. And of course, after the Birmingham supporters, and I think we played them the next time at home. I don't think they turned, many supporters turned up for them. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a quirky time, you know. We had a couple, you know, a couple of incidents, you know. Um, oh, look, I think just being at Mill was just highlight, full stop, you know. Um, so I can't really pick out a, a moment. I think it was just a, a great moment just to actually play for Mill, full stop. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, especially coming from Australia, you know. You know yeah. You know, it's different when you actually, you know, you live, you born and bred in, in, in the England, but actually coming from Australia, you know, and, and how many Australians, and the good thing about it, a lot of Australians have played for, for Millwall, which is great. It's a good, you know, a good breeding ground for up-and-coming players. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. I'll finish with a question. If you go out tomorrow with three of your ex-teammates, the vast amount of, of Mill teammates we've discussed, for one last drink, three teammates yeah. you can take with you. Who you taking? Oh, I have to take Rhino. He's always a good laugh. Never buy you a drink, but he's a good laugh. <laughs> We're probably on the phone in five minutes. Going, what are you doing for? Um, yeah, I pop up to Queensland. He, he's up. He lives up on the Gold Coast, so I pop up there probably once a year. Oh, we can't at the moment because the borders are shut, so we can't even get up there yeah, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Um, oh, Ali Trey was always. A little bit quirky. I used to call him Stinky Ray because he used to come and stink in the booze most of the time. Um, who else? Um, who else? Uh, oh, there's a couple of guys. Probably. Um, oh, you can. Eddie, I'll give you a few more. Eddie Roberts, Ben Thatcher. Uh, they're always in up for a laugh. Um, Casey Keller. Yeah, John Kerr. Yeah, like I said, in those times, it wasn't. He, he, he used to go over the whole squad. There was just, a, a, you know, good times. He would just, you know, good atmosphere and, you know, no one, and like I said, there was no one, was anyone really was a dickhead, we say. <laughs> no, no dickhead mentality. Yeah. No, well, mate, listen, you was a good player for us and you've obviously definitely, you know, from speaking today, you've grasped the concepts of what Millwall was definitely all about. So thanks for joining Ooh. us. Really enjoyed it. Oh, fantastic. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Love Millwall. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 